Hello, Rebecca. Hello. How's it going? How's it going? Welcome to Hardy Party of Five and a Half. We look a little different today. <laughs> yeah, we do. We're like bobblehead tiki heads. <laughs> Why are we like this, Rebecca? We had such an amazing guest today for you on Hardy Party of Five and a Half. You're not even going to believe it. What's your favorite? We have a couple of them, but what is your favorite reality TV show? Like top two. Well, there's Amazing Race, yep, which we talked to the Kumars a few weeks That's ago, right? Uh-huh. And Survivor, Survivor, Survivor's been around for so many years. How many seasons are they on? Gosh, this this is the forty third season. It's crazy, and we're talking to someone from this season. This season, right? This season. Once we heard about her and we watched her little part on Survivor, where they say, "Why are you playing for a million dollars?" We were like, "We actually have to talk to this person," and we reached out to her, and she was so gracious to talk with us today. She only lives like an hour away. I know, so cool. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna love this conversation that we get to have. If you're curious about, like, do you get to take a toothbrush on Survivor? Do you get to actually eat more than coconut? Do you have to sleep on bamboo? And where do you go to the bathroom? These are, these are things we wanted to know, and we find out all the details and yeah, this interview plus something that she, she's super passionate about and we can't wait for you to hear about it so please enjoy this interview we had with NECA from this season survivor NECA from Survivor, thank you so much for joining us on Hardy Party of Five and a Half. We're so glad to have you on today. And we have a lot of Survivor questions, and then we want to get into something you're passionate about too. But first, tell us, how have you always wanted to be on Survivor? Were you like a big fan of the show? How'd you go about that? Hello, thank you for having me. Um, it's fun to be here. So with Survivor, I have not always been a big fan. I knew the show has been on for a while. I worked a lot at the time and never really watched TV. Um, but, you know, when the lockdown happened and everyone was at home, my youngest kid, my daughter started watching it. And somehow, you know how you're just passing by and you stand and stare and then you sit down and then you get hooked and then episode, episode, season, season, and then you yeah. keep going. So no, I became a Survivor fan in 2020. Okay. And count myself really, really, really blessed to have been an opportunity to be on the season this year. Yeah, there's probably been people that have been watching from day one that have not been picked to be on Survivor. So yes. what, what was your process to get on the show? You send in a tech, did you send in a video or how did that work? Yeah. So, you know, during the lockdown, you know, it wasn't one of those, you know, watching, getting all into it in one of those episodes that I was like, I want to go on this show. But then, you know, they were not accepting, they were not doing casting calls or accepting yeah. applications. So July 1st last year, actually, I, um, while in the, you know, watching Survivor, I was like, you know what, let me even see if casting calls are open. And they were. And I ran outside with my daughter and started recording this <laughs> very <laughs> spontaneous video about how excited first of all I was so excited casting calls were open but it was just this like oh my gosh I'm ever, you know and you know sent in the video with my application and you know I got a text some weeks later which was just you know wow at the time so you spent in a you sent in a spontaneous video Oh my goodness. That's that is so, so cool. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've talked about, we really like the amazing race. We've talked about survivor too, but I mean, we definitely creatives have think through this whole process and we think they spend way too much like, time on it. So yeah. much time on it. And you're just like running circles around your yard. So excited. And you're picked. Yeah. Pretty much. And then we'd be running down the street. <laughs> that is hilarious. How many, how many kids do you have? I have three children. Um, Junie's the oldest. She's 21. She's a senior in college. 
Um, my middle one, Tex, he is 19 and he's a sophomore. And my youngest is 16. She's a senior, a high school senior. That's cool. Okay, cool. So they they thought it was pretty cool that mom oh, made the show? Man. Yes, the older two didn't take me serious at first. The younger one, she's been my champion from day one. Um, I, she was the one that got me into it, got us into watching the show. Um, but no, you know, just down the line, when they saw the process unfolding, they thought, you know, when you have teenage, older teenagers who think you're cool, you know, you're cool, legit, your, your coolness <laughs> is legit. <laughs> right. So just seeing, um, they cheered me on, seeing them be proud of what their mom is doing um, was, yeah. you know, such a huge morale booster too. And then, you know, getting to live out what you've been teaching them all these years as well about going for their own dreams and the things they believe in. Um, you know, it was, you know, I, it, it was such a blessing. Yeah. yeah so. It's nice when your kid's eye roll turns into like a cheer. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's nice to mix that up a little bit. Yeah. There's hope for all parents out there. That's right. Just survivor and you'll be cool again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So in getting ready for the show, did you learn any new skills or how did you get ready when you knew you were going to go? How long did you have? Oh yeah. How long Before you like have? you heard that you were going? Well, you know, I started the application process in July okay. um, and it was at the beginning of this year that I knew I was going. Um, the, 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 but, you know, before getting that final, yes, you're going, I started preparing. Um, my big thing was swimming. I did not know how to swim. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I learned to swim to go on survivor um also at the beginning of the year you know while i've always stayed active i knew i wanted to be strong you know you don't want to go there and be the liability um especially you know after like a couple of you know an episode that had happened in season 41 i think um so um i did the 75 hard you know i lost 20 yeah. pounds um learned to swim and Learn to make fire. Learn. I, I had nothing on my outdoor <laughs> resume, <laughs> you know, um, learn to make fire with friends. And but the swimming was a big thing. And that was like my husband's biggest fear. Um, he's like, I just want to be able to sleep while you're out there. I know you're not going to die in the ocean. So <laughs> you actually so, scared of swimming or he just never learned to swim? Were you um, for him, both um, yeah. his. I mean, if he decides to do something, he will go in 127%. Uh -huh. You know, swimming has never quite made the list yet. Um, so yes, he never learned to swim. For me, while I could, you know, barely survive, I would not call myself a swimmer by any okay. stretch of the word. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. So what was the travel process like? Did I'm like a a logical detailed person but did all of you did you meet the contestants at the airport and then you all like shuttled somewhere together where, where did you first meet up with everybody and then what was it like getting on those boats and getting to the island um we flew into LA and departed from LA to Fiji and that's where you know you kind of meet everybody but when I say meet it's more like see everybody because you don't meet anybody until the game starts okay you so you see no Okay. So you get to see them, but not, um, you can't communicate or do anything, yeah. um, you know, through the entire pregame period and then until the game starts. So really the first time you are talking to anybody is when we're making introductions, once we get to camp. Okay. Um, so, but you know, the whole process, like you have so many, oh my gosh, moments, you know, from the first, oh my gosh, like I'm actually prepping for survival. Oh my gosh, I made it on the show. Oh my gosh. I'm packing. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my goodness. I am headed to the airport to go be on the, you know, <laughs> most awesome reality TV show in the world. Yeah. And then actually landing LA. So there were so many, oh my gosh, moments up the way until we're about to get on the boats. We're getting our buffs and like, you know, everyone's like, you know, you can't just hold it in like, yeah. <laughs> So, but then like you have like the ultimate, oh my gosh, like after through the marooning, shooting the marooning scene and we're approaching the island, you can see the flags flying and, you know, the challenge y'all set up and like crew and stuff and Jeff out there. And, you know, it's like the ultimate, holy cow, this is happening yeah. for real. <laughs> so is that the first time you saw Jeff? Um, 
In person? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. It was the first time you saw him in person. And then one other thing, did you get like a packing list? I, I mean, I guess I think like, yeah, what can you, did they I tell you what you can bring using little yeah. sticks to brush their teeth with? So I'm assuming toothbrush is not on the list, right? No, there's, there's nothing on the list. Like you, <laughs> you pack for, to go on a trip, you know, like, but your wardrobe is provided. Like all of that is discussed ahead of time. Okay. Planned okay. Ahead of time. Right. Yeah. So while we yes i packed a suitcase but you know you kind of pack um just like books to read before or after okay. the show like while you're traveling um you know toiletries for when you're no longer on the show because you never oh, know okay. yeah. yeah but the things with the sticks on the island like the bamboo yes no we picked those you know we literally had to like i you know i got to do that for my tribe after like day three I'm like, we need to do something about our mouths, <laughs> you know, so I'm picking bamboo and stripping it and kind of showing everybody how to chew it. Because, you know, yeah. I actually did that. I grew up in Nigeria. Um, and when we go to my hometown, and when we say hometown, it's more like our country home, like our ancestral home. It wasn't really like I grew up in the city. But when we go to our hometown, back in the days when we were kids, my aunts in the village and my grandma, they used the chewing sticks, you yeah. know, so... We actually got to pluck those and kind of showed everybody how to like chew on it and get a little brush thing going and interesting visit to, you know kind of brush your teeth but you also find out that when you're not eating anything because we were just living on coconuts uh -huh. um it, your mouth does not <laughs> stink as much <laughs> <laughs> it, it has more it has more runway yeah <laughs> That's funny. So I have another question about that. I have contacts and I hate wearing my glasses to do any of the physical stuff. I could not wear glasses. I don't know how anybody does that. So can you bring contacts or is that out to you? You just have to bring glasses if you have them. I'm just curious because that would be a no-go for me <laughs> if I couldn't bring them. Well, also walking around in underwear is a no-go. Yeah, me. that's not, I'm not big on that either, but you know on the underwear one, I was so sure that was like an absolute no-go. Yeah. But when you are so hot and like you already filthy, look at that point, like you just stop caring. You know, yeah, nobody cares anymore. <laughs> yeah, my day two or three, I was walking around in like <laughs> in my underwear. And I am a very conservative person. But, um, you know, the as far as contacts, I know there were people who had contacts. And when they had to like dive down deep, like they had the option to wear the goggles. Oh, yeah. um, I, you know, I think those who had contacts didn't have like the dailies. They probably had the monthlies um, to be able to keep it in. Um, my contacts, I can wear contacts longer than six hours because yeah. my eyes dry out a lot. So glasses made more sense. Now, um, um, yeah, so it was just, it was the glasses that I did. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I've been wondering that for years. <laughs> yeah. Like it's been just in the, every time I watch an episode, I think. Are they wearing contacts? Yeah, because some of them do participate in glasses and I would, I've never put contacts in. Well, I did try once, but it was awful. So I would actually have to be wearing glasses all the time, which would- Yeah, it, for, for some of the challenges, like I knew, you know, even though I wear my glasses all the time, I took them off for some of the challenges. Yeah, yeah. You know, the challenges are actually like larger than life in like real life. Like they're way more intimidating in real life than on TV. So- you know, walking through the challenge to see, okay, this is what we're going to do. It makes sense to not have my glasses. And then I don't want to lose my glasses inside mud or have anything happen to it. And now they stuff the rest of the time. Yes. So, you know, you can take it off and do the challenge and then get it back later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. did you watch, okay, we just watched the latest episode and yeah. they were inside of a tunnel, a, twisted... a, a net tunnel, and yeah. they were just stuck in mud and like two of the people couldn't finish. They well, were just stuck they, in mud. Noelle had to take her leg off. Yeah. Which it's it's wow that challenges everything all my nightmares are made off yes you know? that looks awful that looks claustrophobia good. plus mud yes. plus just that's exactly what i told scott so miserable that's probably the first challenge that i thought i could probably be claustrophobic in that twisty tube thing. and kind of freak out a yeah, I, yeah i could probably see my like, freaking out a little bit yeah. okay I think the overall, like the feeling of the challenge is like, you're already freaking out. Like you're um, like, I, I see myself as a pretty calm person, but like you're approaching the first, like your immunity challenge. Like you literally feel like you can barely stand, you know, like just the, the 
terror is real like then yeah. the adrenaline and everything plus like you are walk, you know running on no sleep and no food um so at that point you're like i already reached the end of my rope let's just keep going <laughs> yeah yeah that's what we're gonna ask you come around that corner for the like your first challenge and just standing there He's totally clean. He's eating well for the morning, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, what what are you thinking when you round that corner and you see that clearing and you you know something's about to go down there? Yeah, exactly. So the, the marooning challenge, I would say like there was like way more excitement, but the first immunity challenge, you're like, holy cow, this thing is real. If we don't win, someone's going home. So you're coming around, you don't know what to expect and you see these structures in different colors and it's it's terrifying you know yeah. but you're trying to look cool and be sure that you're not the only one terrified but everyone's terrified really yeah. and so by the time he's explaining you know you we're trying to listen but when he says go you stop thinking you just right, go yeah. you know and that's exactly what happens like the very first one where i don't do mud y'all like i don't do mud like <laughs> I have a thing against mud. And when he said go, I just saw myself, boom, you know, like mud covering half my face <laughs> and you can't even wipe it. And you're just swimming through the mud as fast as you can because like the other terror thought there is like, I don't want to sink. I don't know if you had this whole like, um, what do you call it? Sinking sand thing when you were kids. Like yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of my childhood trying to imagine what it would feel like to not get stuck. <laughs> and I was that came back came back all the fears <laughs> all the fears oh my goodness but you're going you know and that's just it you're just yeah. going to the next thing it's hard for us to imagine just as spectators because we watch the challenge and we think we totally would have done this or we totally would have done it that way or this way but We're, you're not like you say we, i don't think you're thinking at the time you can, but we yeah. can't as the spectator we can't think hungry and exhausted like and how that must look just walking up to that. I mean, it just must be terrible. <laughs> I, and yeah, like I thought about hunger alone. I thought about, you know, the no sleep alone. I thought about doing a challenge alone. I thought about, you know, the social part. I never combined all of it together. And I don't know that we're actually, until we're out there, that we're actually able to really combine what that would look like yeah. um, all at once. But you find out <laughs> yeah it comes on whether you want it to or not yeah for sure so let's talk about the social aspect you're starting a tribe with total strangers so how does that feel like to just go into a camp and you know you don't know any of these people and you're and i'm sure you're trying to figure out okay what should i say what should i do so what was that like to try to start community with someone yeah i i would say um on the one hand that's like it's the best and worst thing, right? If you think about it in real life, we, we don't get to choose our family, you know? We just grow up knowing them and you love them and you do life with them and that's it. Yes, down the line, we can choose our friends and all, but family, you really can't. Um, the difference here is you're just, you're knowing these people now, you know? It's not like you grew up with them, but you don't have an input in choosing them. You know nothing about them, but yeah, you know, like, hey, we're here and we're going to work together and yeah. build a society. <laughs> <laughs> wow. With coming from all different walks of life and everything from different theologies to political views to, I mean. Absolutely. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Do you talk much in detail? I mean, the talking that we see, is there more talking that goes on that's obviously not where you even dig a little deeper or they try to get most of that juice on on screen? Oh, no. I mean, you're thinking of recording going on 247, multiply yeah. by however many days. And what you see on screen is probably like 1% of the content, you wow. know? So there is a lot, you know, that is shared. You know, when I used to, you know, think that, you know, you watch contestants saying, oh, you know, they care about this before. I'll give you a, a straight instance, like Marianne getting super emotional whenever what's his name had to go on day three the guy that was pulled out of the show oh was yeah it Dave? i don't remember his name and i'm like why is she so emotional like they just got here but yeah. it's, it's you you think of like 24 hours times three days of uninterrupted time yeah with these people like when you think of your best friend how much time do you really spend with your best friend yes we get together for coffee or lunch you know an hour or two a week but you are with these people 
one week is 168 hours like of just them you know it is a lot of time to sit and talk and ask questions and deep dive and you know sleep cry all of all of it so there's so much that's not shown um so when you build those relationships they're real Mm -hmm. and you know they do go on after the show yeah do you still have relationships now with some of them oh absolutely absolutely I'm so grateful for the people that I got to meet there and that I you know I wouldn't have met you know like you said people with different backgrounds theologies views all the works but we got put together and we made the best of it um so yes um it's it's such a blessing yes probably some very sweet friendships and something you know when you share something like that with someone with a group of people that can't be recreated ever again like that will never ever happen again and so there is like an intimacy there that you wouldn't have had otherwise with that group of people so that's really cool exactly and there's that common shared experience that you don't have with anyone else you know like preparing to go on the show you can't talk about it so there's not really anybody you can talk to it about and then you come out you know the whole period before the show ends airs you can't talk about it um well only these people who were there with you because they completely understand what you're going through so there's such a kinship there you know that you don't get with anyone else yeah, for sure. Okay, I have a question that I know you're going to love. What's that? Because you love your sleep. I do love my sleep. So you mentioned sleep crying, Liam. <laughs> so how did, do you like a hard bed, a soft bed? Did it even matter? So how did you sleep on the show? How did you, where did you sleep and how did you sleep? Or did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of extra. I like the soft life, okay? <laughs> I like the soft too. Thing, yeah. And, and then for somebody who, like I said, there was no outdoor resume, the very first night, like being on Survivor was a dream come true. But the very first night was an absolute bar none worst night of my life. Really? You know, laying there, there was no sleep at all. We're laying on bamboo that was so uneven and pokey. And our shelter had collapsed like just before nightfall. Like, you know, the sun sets at like 6, 6.15 and then it gets dark like almost immediately. So I'm in the jungle um we barely had a shelter that I was so sure was gonna fall in the middle of the night and crack my skull and then I can't even see my hands in front of my face and I needed to pee (laughs) and I'm laying on this thing like on the bamboo I had to like move every five minutes like turning myself like a rotisserie chicken because like everywhere hurt so it was the longest night of my life I I heard stuff crawling I don't do rodents I don't do my gosh so so I'm there and I'm like Lord let morning just come like so you have like the sun rises about six we think we really never know what time it is but you know you kind of guess yeah um but you know finally the sun rises I remember just stumbling out of the shelter like no one else in my tribe knew this but I ran to the beach like I just bawled and I was just praying like holy lord this was not a good idea (laughs) like why did you answer this prayer you know like what am I doing here I'm completely out of my element that was you know so I'm just like having this big cry and Uh, but it was like after the crying I felt like you know finally like sin quietly and I felt like I heard the lord say that you know this is your answered prayer yeah. That sometimes in the midst of our dream come to an answer prayer, we can have our lowest moments, mm-hmm. you know, but it was like, look at all the first first that you're having, like your first time sleeping on bamboo, your first time sleeping outside, your first time, you know, doing a survival challenge. Like, so it was all of these first, first time opening up a coconut, cutting up bamboo. So like, I'm remembering all the first and, you know, and there was such a shift in my perspective to say, okay, what new first am I going to experience today? today yeah. And that was what happened. Like it, it became my thing. Like, okay, what are the new first for today? Yeah. That's a great perspective to have when you're a rotisserie chicken all night long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now, now you took me somewhere else. Cause you mentioned bathroom is, do you have to just find somewhere to go? Do they have a space for you? How does that, we're getting, we're getting to the details yeah, now. Yeah. So you just go in the ocean. Really? <laughs> I'm so let me give you this backstory, right? <laughs> we so the first morning we're heading out before the marooning challenge, like we're getting ready to go on the boats, and I needed to use the restroom. But I'm like, I'm not gonna go back again, you know. 
So I was like, I'll do it later. And we get on the boats and later we're transferred to the rafts. And, you know, the lady on the, one of the crew people was like, if you need a restroom, let use the restroom, let me know. I was like, oh yeah, me, sure. And she's like, um, so she takes me to the back of the raft and I'm looking at her like, we're in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> she's like, you hold here, you hold here. And I'm like, ah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the bathroom. I literally held it through everything our challenge until we get to our camp in the afternoon i felt so sorry for my bladder oh. but no there are no bathroom facilities you okay. have the option of digging a hole in the ground or going in the ocean it's yeah. called an aqueduct <laughs> oh my goodness but also they're not eating a lot so there's yeah, that that's true and, and that's a good thing like you're not eating a lot so you don't have to but like you know it, it did take me a few days you know, to even muster up courage, you know, yeah. to even think of it. I'm like, I'm not even dealing with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's out of, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah, out of, out of mind. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I, don't, I guess in a desperate situation, I can go in the ocean, but I've never been able to do that. I could go in the ocean. I don't, well, yeah, I know you can. I could go in the ocean. If I was like, cranky um, from the whole sleep situation, I'd be like, You don't whatever. care anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. So you mentioned first, so your team loses and you have to go to tribal. What is that first tribal like? What's tribal council like? Um, y'all, like if you are looking at this, you know, looking at it from just an, you know, as a spectator, you know, it's just the setup is wild. It's beautiful. Like the, yeah. the attention to detail. Yeah. And then I remember sitting there a tribal council and feeling like I was having an out-of-body experience. I felt like I was watching myself on the screen. You know, it was so weird and, you know, but it was also one of the first. I'm like, oh my goodness, first tribal council. I'm actually sitting here at tribal council. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, just the, the setup of the whole set was, you know, like I'm looking at the mats on the floor, the raffia mats on the floor. The last time I saw that, I probably was, um, eight years old and it was in my grandmother's house. Oh, wow. That doesn't exist anymore. And I'm looking at that and having like this whole nostalgic stuff yeah. going on. So it was a whole lot of things, but it was, it was amazing, you know, sitting there and having those conversations. Of course, you know, we get a fraction of that is actually what's aired. Um, the whole process is longer, but um, it was amazing. Yeah, we when we watch tribal and people speak up without being asked a question, we're like, no, no, you shouldn't be talking. Like, just be quiet <laughs> unless you're asked a specific question. Answer the question, move on. You know, move like, on exactly. You get to run in your mouth and you don't even know what you're saying. You're probably so and delusional. You suddenly become tired. the target. And you suddenly yeah. become the target, and you didn't exactly. even exactly. Yeah. So we've seen from past like past shows that they've had to like refill, like when you're walking to tribal and you're carrying your torches and like re they wanted you to walk this way and then they'd redo it and have them walk this way. Did you have to have like multiple takes of things? Yeah. yeah. So I, I would say that probably took, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes. I, I don't know, but okay. it was, it was a whole process or maybe longer. I don't remember, but walking in sand, holding those torches that are pretty heavy and then you're carrying your bag. So you're carrying everything. So it's a lot of weight and you're staying uh -huh. in this line. Um, you know, I remember even doing it and like Noelle, you know, she has the prosthetic leg and it's hard to work in sand where to walk in the sand with that. And this is saying like your, you know, your yeah. feet is dipping into the sand, you know, way past your ankles with each uh -huh. step. It, it can be, um, it's a workout. Yeah, it can be a little stressful, a workout. Yeah. And then you're already like tired. You're dreading going to tribal, like, I would say those are most of my least favorite things. <laughs> really? Yeah, I bet so. So were there any other behind the scene moments that that you can think of that would be like important to share or cool? Um, none that I can think of off the top of my head right now. Yeah. Are you still, are you watching the show as it airs now? Oh, absolutely. I'm watching. Uh, it's, you know, the... So I was not quite sure. I did not know what it would feel like watching yourself on TV. Okay. It's really, really hard to yes. watch yourself, not knowing what will be shown. Um, yeah. You know, like you're getting to see it at the same time as, you know, millions of people. Oh, wow. um, so yes, I remember like the very first episode. Yes, there was a lot of excitement, but oh, you know, I felt like I was gonna go throw up, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you're watching it, you know, and 
you're reliving it all over again. You know, <laughs> wow. I had a premiere party and when we won that first, the marooning challenge, we all jumped and cheered and they were looking at me like jumping and cheering too. They were like, well, you were there, you knew. I'm like, so? <laughs> <laughs> like it's not anymore. It's yeah. a character on the show. Yeah, that's so crazy. Exactly. And then watching Mariah get voted out, you know, I'm like feeling genuinely sad, you know? Yeah even though I know, you know, and um, know her as a person, love her. She is an, has an amazing personality, an amazing human being overall. Um, you, you know, so you have all these emotions that I never really took into account right. prior to going on the show um, that, you know, by the time I was voted off, it was such a relief, <laughs> you know. Third person voted out of Survivor 43. NECA, that's three, that's enough. You need to bring me a torch. I love you. NECA, the trap is broken. Here to go. Bye, guys. Bye. And like I'm like, let me have my Wednesdays back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, that moment when you're snuffing it out, your flame out, and Jeff's like saying, "You're out of here." So for you, it was relief then. Like, okay, good. Whew. No, at that point, I wasn't thinking that. Um, and I, you know, it, I was, I wanted to watch that to see, and I was surprised that I was smiling and even my exit interview, I was thankful for what I said, because I remember being in some kind of days, like, okay, is this actually unreal? Is this happening? Like when you yeah. walk off the set after your torch has been snuffed and you're just going down this whole walkway, um, it's surreal like okay yeah. what am I doing you know like there's just still that whole like not fully aware yeah. uh, not being fully there you know so uh, you know I, you know watching my own episode I'm like I I wonder what I said at my exit interview oh interesting. you know because I, I really didn't have yeah. much recollection of it um so the, uh, the relief was from sitting here being home and watching yeah. it on the screen right so how long after you're voted out did they do your little exit okay. interview do they give you a minute or is it just like right, right then? then um i mean you you kind of go and wait for them to set up yeah you do have a few minutes okay just a few minutes yeah and then do yeah. you at some point realize you're heading to food in an actual bed at some point you have this realization <laughs> yeah well you get on a boat to get to ponderosa and um you get, you know, they were like, hey, you want to place an order for dinner? I remember oh. just fixing whatever, you know, and I got this bag of snacks and everything, but getting to Ponderosa and, you know, I was welcomed by Mariah and Justine and the rest of the crew and sat down to eat and I was staring at my food. And the first thought in my head was, why is it hot? Oh. And like, <laughs> and I'm like, and the other thought was, I only eat coconuts. Like, why is it hot? Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> so, so yeah. I could barely eat two bites. Like I probably had a couple of bites and it took me a couple of days. It was probably on day three. I'll tell you what did it. It was chicken wings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was on day three before I was finally able to eat. Yeah. Well, that's then, probably good for you too, because if you would have just eaten, like whenever they have those feasts, I'm like, oh, they're going to feel so I feel like you get sick eating all yeah, the food. Yeah. Get, yeah. So you're probably Yeah. Are different there were people who came off the boat and like had three things going and chowed everything down yeah. um I don't know I just it was just people are different you know and for me then sink in you know I remember going in you know I got into my room and walked past the mirror and I was like what like I was like the same color as my hair. <laughs> you know, like I was so dark. Wow. And I just like, I can't deal with this right now. And I went and took a shower. It was the following morning when I woke up and I'm like, I'm on a bed. That's yeah. when it sunk in that I really was voted off. 
Wow. And that's when I will say like, I was like really, really sad. That's when you were sad. Okay. Yeah. That's when it's funny how your mindset changes just in that little time. Cause you, it seems like you're like, I live on an Island now. So why am I in this hotel or why am I on the Ponderosa now? Yeah. And I'm, I spent, I live on an Island and eat coconut, you know? Yeah. I, I, and it's only seven days, Yeah, but it takes up so much real estate Yeah, in your psyche that it, it, it's a minute, you know, the whole experience does take up real estate in your head, but like, to think that you're only on the island for seven days, you know, and then you come off and it's taking you so much time or even walking around and there are no cameras and microphones following me. I'm like, where are y'all? Like, I got stuff to say. It seems like for us, one of the hard things would be like the whole premise of Survivor Outwit, Outlast, Outplay or Outplay, Outlast. It like, there's an element of lying that goes into Survivor. And how did you, like, that would be, I think that would be probably something hard for us, even though you know you have, there's got to be an element of that to play the game. So how did you, how'd you balance that? So my very first thing going on Survivor was that I was going to go on the show and not tell a lie. And that was how the whole thing started. And, um, you know, I've, my first way I identify, if you ask me to introduce myself, I'll tell you I'm, a daughter of God, you know, like I, you, I couldn't reconcile both. Yeah. Um, so yes, even though I started that way and I will say like, just the Lord work with my mind, just through the whole process on what it will be like, but getting on the show, you know, I always was like, I'm past that, you know, like how much is a lie worth. But then I also believe that the game could be played without telling a lie. Now, this is a game that's designed to outwit, outlast, outplay. Now, granted, you know, most times when you say outwit, it's becomes about lying. But I, I really do believe that outwitting is more about showing superior wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was my thing going in. But really, the game is designed for you to lie and backstab and cheat. Now, if you ask me, is it possible to play and win Survivor without telling the lie? I'll tell you, no, I don't think it's possible. I wish I could disprove that. But that being said, for me, as a personal experience, like, you know, going in and thinking like, oh, yes, lying is not a problem. I was shocked at like the crisis that went on in here, you know, while the show started. Now, the first five minutes of the show, like we now we had done the first um, reward challenge and the marooning challenge and we get to our camp and everyone's introducing each other, you know. Noel's 25, Justine's 29, Jesse's 30, Cody's 35, Dwight's 21. My daughter was going to be 21 in a little bit. <laughs> and at that point, I had my first crisis. I was like, girl, you can flip your number. You can pull off 34. <laughs> oh, yes. I was like, you can pull off 34. And then it was just that shock, like, oh my goodness, the game has barely started and I'm here being tempted to lie. Yeah. So of course, when I told him I was 43, everybody was like, oh my goodness, we couldn't have thought so. We thought you were like 30 or whatever, you know, but it's those moments like that. You know, you think of, you've had a conversation with somebody, you know, and then you're like, hey, can I go make a move for a different thing? And then at that point, I'm, you know, you're having conversations in your mind, like that would be betrayal. I'm like, well, betrayal. I said, I wasn't going to lie. Did I say I wouldn't betray? But then you start redefining what does betrayal mean? Well, you gave your word and you intentionally broke it. That's betrayal and that is lying. So it's all these moments, you know? So while I will say, yes, um, I did not have to tell a lie on the show. Like it's not a badge I particularly care about to wear, but it's, it is really, really hard, yeah. like, because it's not just about conversations you have with people. It's, you know, it's not, it's, it, you know, in the basic things and things that don't matter, you know, you will be tempted, you know, and I personally don't think <laughs> it's possible to win because if it was left to you alone, you can make that decision, but you're working with other people who don't operate like you do. They don't, careful that they're there to win whatever and regardless of what it takes and stretching the truth is lying yeah. you know <laughs> if we're going to be honest so don't you yeah. think that, that um do you think that that conviction that you had was holy spirit like that's 
and maybe oh, absolutely. Yeah, other people maybe necessarily didn't necessarily have those type of convictions you were having with lying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, hey, at what point, like, what door will we let open? You know, I can excuse one teeny tiny white one, and then it's going to be easier to, you know, keep opening that door. So it's either you open it or you don't. Yes. You know, so it, it was all of those things, you know, and then just still choosing to say, okay, Lord, what, you yeah. know, I'll trust whatever you say yeah. um, and go with it and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Because you can see in that seven days how your mindset can change. And if you're letting all that in, okay, what am I going to have to deal with after the show that I've got? Yes. I've changed my behavior for the show. Now, how do I deal with that when I get home? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I wanted to be able to still like myself I wanted to you know you think of it like you know from an accountability standpoint is one thing but also like for those that you shepherd you know your children others um is it okay is one million dollars okay for the lies like when I tell my kids like don't lie but you know so it, it wasn't just you know could I have said hey I need an excuse to go lie on this show because that's what's about yeah, I could have said that, but really for me going on the show was like, hey, who do I represent? I still wanted to go there and know that I'm partnering with the Lord and not going on my own. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. There was one little snippet that they interviewed you and then and asked you like, why, why are you playing this game? Why are you playing for a million dollars? And it was because of that, that we said, we've got to contact her and see if she'll be on our show. And so that was because you're involved in a Waymaker um, Ministries missions. Um, and it was a big reason as to why you're on the show. So we want to know all about that. Okay. So Waymakers was started by a friend from college. While, while we were not friends in college at the time, I got to know him afterwards. So I went to college in Nigeria. And when you graduate, you have one year of, a, it's called the National Youth Service Corps. You serve the nation, you're paid peanuts, but they can send you to whatever part of the country to go serve and work. Um, so he was sent to this remote village in the Northeastern part of Nigeria. And he fell in love with the people there. So, uh, you know, this friend, his name is Joshua. Joshua, um, you know, got to know the Lord in college and was all in, you know, from day one. And when he went there, stopped being about, he never left after his one year of um, youth service and stayed there and eventually started, you know, the Way Missions Group, like spreading the gospel out there. Um, and, you know, when you spread the gospel, um, it, these people were like traditional, like pagans, you know, um, or Muslims, you know, and usually for the ones who were Muslims, like they can't be a part of their family if they no longer were part of the religion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, providing a camp where people could come to, um, you know, became a part of the whole package. And it was like from the camp and that's how like the school also started. Um, so yes, and the ministry grew, you know, part of the staffing were other youth service people who were sent there, but you know, just the Lord just raised up um, men to go work there. Um, yes, while Nigeria is, is a developing country, like you don't easily find people who want, like there's a lot of religion in the country you know, churches and all of that, but like prosperity gospel is big. You don't find a lot of people who really want to go into the heartlands to, to, to live on nothing and really like do the real hard mission work. So anyway, I got to know him back in 20, um, you know, we got, I started partnering with the ministry back in 2014, um, 2013. And I think when I did my interview on the show, I probably got a couple of dates wrong. I was hungry, y'all. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just my heart just went out to what they were doing. Missions has always been something that was near and dear to me. Um, but to see someone who, like I knew, doing this big time. Um, so, yes, I was all in from day one and kind of just went with whatever the Lord said. You know, I was... Um, so... Joshua, who started, Joshua was murdered um, by the local Boko Haram, um, I think back in 2016 or 2017. And, but the, I thought at that point, I remember praying that night, like, Lord, like, you know, why, how, how can this happen? You know, there's not a lot of 
a lot of people like him, like, <laughs> you know, you have those moments and, but, you know, they kept going. God kept sending people. The ministry kept going. Um, had about 300 children. School was going. Camp was going. And in the midst of them having nothing, they will still go out and do missions in these villages and still give out of the nothing that, you know, that, you know, when I ask about like, okay, tell me what the staff is surviving on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like $30 a month, oh, you know, wow. and that's after the children have been fed, you know, but these are people who really have the heart. So you can't complain, like sitting here, like, it's 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 just inspiring like you want to do all that you can anyway um in 2019 the whole camp was attacked um by boko haram and everything was burned down um and i would say those were one of my hardest times you know like we just questioning um and unfortunately i guess it's part of our growth um and our walk in the lord but just questioning like lord what is going on here? Um, for me, like it was a big faith thing, you know, like, you know, there was a, I was, at that point, like, you know, I felt like Laura was like, hey, um, there was a need for a dining hall slash cafeteria because the kids used to eat outside in the dirt. So trusting the God, God for provision, he provided, but starting this whole building that took literally everything, you know, and um, then everything got burned down. I know part of it was me saying, seriously, <laughs> but the other part of it was like, Lord, how much can these people take? Yeah. But seeing their hearts like come through, seeing them praising in the midst of it, you know, Ngozi, who's Joshua's wife, like saying every child is accounted for and we can only just offer praise and just worship. Like they stirred me in ways that I've never been stirred before. And, you know, um, they moved closer to Jalingo, um, which is the capital city. They're not in the city, but just not so remote. Mm -hmm. um, Cause where they were, you can't, most times it's even hard to get to buy cars. Um, so there's a new camp and like everything is being built from scratch and God continues to provide. Um, so it just in my heart is to be able to like, when I was like, I could win a million dollars. Oh my goodness. Like it will go so far, yeah, so far, you know? And that was, yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, we can't lie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it makes me think my son and I went to Kenya five or six years ago. Something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were at, we were in the Rift Valley and we, we actually coached, we taught baseball for like five or six days. There was an orphanage we went to. And then it may, when you were talking about the camp and all that, we went to, it was a community that had been displaced during one of the elections. So they were just in the Rift Valley and just started a community there. Mm -hmm. So we went in and taught them baseball for the day. <laughs> and I just think I, when you're talking about people that are really serving, Pastor John was there and it's just amazing he had nothing either. Like he was just giving all he had. Mm -hmm. And it was just so cool to see him working with these kids. We, I think we worked with like 300 kids that mm -hmm. week and just to see the people that are there and are serving. Yeah. Yeah. It's just inspiring. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So and cool. you're inspiring. Nika. Yes, you are. We love your story. We couldn't wait to talk to you because what a cool thing that you're a part of. And I mean, obviously being on survivor was a very cool thing, but we love your heart and your heart for ministry and your heart for the Lord. And we just thank you for taking time to share that with Hardy Party Five and a Half today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been fun. I love that girl. I sure do too. She had so many cool things to share and things that like I was super interested in. So do you think that now giving some background, you could be on Survivor? I don't think I could. Why? Well, I'm kind of with her on the lying part. That would be hard for me. You mm -hmm. can kind of, in your mind, you can say it's gamemanship but I don't know if I can totally go there. I can do it. And I still, <laughs> you're done. You are ready to lie. Give me a reason to lie. Um, and really, honestly, being half naked around everybody, I still don't know if I can do that. I don't know. I think once you're there, you don't think about it, but just watching the show, I'm like, that's a little cringy that I'm in my BBDs. Is that what they're called? I think so. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I don't know if I could. Yeah, I know she said you get hot and you don't even think about it. I can't imagine a world where I don't think about being in my underwear at front <laughs> oh, national TV. National TV. Yeah. I just can't. I can't think that that would be too far from my mind. So, what about the eating? Could you just eat coconuts? Yeah. and rice. Yeah, oh, I'd okay. find some bugs to eat too, probably.
Mm. I just roast them up. Really? Probably. Okay. Well, you got to learn like she did. You got to learn how to make fire. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What skill would you have to learn to go on Survivor? I don't know. I can swim. I'd have to learn how to make fire. I feel like I could do it. The only mm -hmm. way I do it now is when I turn on the burner and put a toothpick on it or if I've got the little thing. <laughs> you know, the little... Wait, little... wait. You put a toothpick on the burner in the kitchen? Yeah, I've done that before. Well, we, we don't have a little clicky thing that just lights up. Well, when I can't find it, I just use the... Okay. I get a toothpick and rub it on the hot... That doesn't sound safe. It's probably not. You know you're in a house and not on an island, right? Right. And I've got... <laughs> that reminds me. I've gotten in trouble with Drew before, our oldest. Mm -hmm. He's Captain Safety. He is. He's. They call him Mr. Osha at work. Mm -hmm. Well, in a toaster, in a toaster you know, you'll have bread yeah. in there mm -hmm. and maybe you're doing a pop tart or something. You get stuck. Well, from the time I was yay big, little, little scooter, <laughs> tiny scooter, I've always, whatever's available, I'll stick in that toaster and get it out. So there was one day that I grabbed a fork, a metal fork, and I was, I think it was probably a bagel or something I was trying to get out. And Drew comes around the corner, what are you doing? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm getting my bagel out. And he's like, that's still plugged in. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been doing this since before you were born. Well, you just have to know, like, I don't, I wouldn't use a fork. I actually use a knife, but you just, you just have to have good aim. You just slide it in, into the item you're trying to get out and you slide the item out with it. You're not like, like, you're not like digging around in there, like right, cleaning yeah. out a cavity. I mean, you're it's not like jamming into the no, circuit. No, it's a, it's a delicate process. It's, it's like playing operation as a kid. Only people in the seventies have this, have mastered this experience. You can't hit those sides because you don't want to hear the buzzer. Right. And you don't want to get electrocuted. Operation. It's not like I wanted to get electrocuted. Anyways, we're off topic. Okay. So I think, I don't know what I would have to learn. Well, obviously just basic physical stamina. I think I would yeah, have to learn just work on and that. strength. Like when they're climbing up like steep walls, I would not want to have to have six people two, three pulling me from the top and four pushing me from pushing the bottom. You. Yeah. Right. I just, that would, that would make me embarrassed. So I would have to work on some probably athleticism, but I think you and I both are pretty good at like the mindset. Like we could both be like, this is what we're doing today. And this is what we have to do. And just not thinking and just doing it. Just, I think yeah, I'd be pretty good at that. Yeah. But then again, I haven't been on an island with strangers. Yeah. And not I eating. think what she, what's interesting about what she said is like, you think it through on no food and then you might think it through on no sleep. And then you think it through on your away from your family, but you don't put all those things together. Yeah. It's impossible to actually think about how you would actually be. You can't do that. Like, to experience it. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy watching to go, oh, why are you doing that? Exactly. Well, Exactly. You're not experiencing it like they do. Yes. Yeah. And so. we've learned that on our videos, if we're going to try out for Survivor or Amazing Race, it's got to be more off the cuff. The the two groups we've talked to. Off the cuff. Yeah. The Kumars and. NECA. NECA. Yeah. Off we've the cuff. Just totally off the cuff. Go outside and do it. Yep. So Sounds like we, we need do. to go get ready for our, our off the cuff interviews. I know, but we can't. We can't get uh, ready. The get ready part's the wrong part. Yeah. Okay. We have to be not ready. Okay. So we can't do it right now because we're thinking about it. <laughs> it's, I'll catch you off guard. It's very sometime. complicated. I'll, I'll catch you off guard sometime when my hair and makeup's done. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We hope you enjoyed this interview with NECA. She's such a cool person. And go check out her ministry. We're so inspired by it, inspired by her. We just can't uh, thank her enough for taking time to be on with us today. So we hope you enjoyed it too. Party, party, five and a half, over and out. We'll see you next time.